When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's guest is mum and campaigner Kate Griggs, founder of Made by Dyslexia, who is calling for all teachers to be trained in dyslexic thinking. She believes dyslexia is a superpower, stemmed from an innate source of creativity and big picture thinking, and that our future workforces need these strengths far more than the rote learning that takes place in schools currently. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads and to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. Kate is dyslexic herself and her children are dyslexic too. She sees dyslexia as a mighty asset to have rather than a challenge to overcome. Today she shares how to spot the signs that your child might be dyslexic and what we can do as parents to help nurture their brilliance if they are. Tell me a bit about Made by Dyslexia. Uh, what is your background in dyslexia and why is it such a passion for you? So I'm dyslexic and my whole family are dyslexic. I've got two dyslexic boys, um, brothers, nieces, nephews. Um, I even married a dyslexic, so obviously like attracts like. Um, and <laughs> I was incredibly lucky because I was sent to a very forward-thinking school um, that recognised that dyslexia was... Uh, a, a pattern of strengths as well as how to support dyslexic challenges, which we all, all mainly know about or hear about. Um, so I, I had a very fantastic uh, start to my education. Um, and when my son Ted started struggling at school, it was so clear to me that he was dyslexic. I sort of bounced into school saying, I think he might be dyslexic. He's very creative. He's very good at this, very good at that. Um, and it transpired that they had a really negative viewpoint of dyslexia and actually none of the teachers there had any training. So that's where my mission really started to, to help every teacher to understand how to support dyslexia. And the charity that I founded Made by Dyslexia uh, has a mission to make sure that we train every single teacher in the world to be able to spot and support it and understand the strengths. Um, and we've created free training with Microsoft to help every teacher to do that. That's amazing. So what are the signs that you should look out for if you think your child might be dyslexic? There's all the classic signs like um, difficulty learning to read, um, not being very good at spelling, struggling to get your thoughts on paper. You know, all the things that we, we know about rote learning, learning times, tables and things is difficult as well. Um, but a lot of children um, will will kind of muddle through without actually 
that becoming too much of a problem. So it's really important that that parents um, understand that dyslexia really is about a, a sort of mismatch between what your child seems capable of verbally and, you know, you know how bright your ch- children are um, against what they're actually performing, um, the level they're performing at school. So some with good phonics, some dyslexic children will learn to read, but they'll really struggle to get their brilliant ideas on paper. So it's important we look at the bigger side of it. And often it's the strengths that really help to highlight dyslexic children. Um, And I can give you an example of that. My son, Ted, when he was sort of four stroke five, when he was just starting to be taught to read at school, um, he had absolutely no interest in books whatsoever, Um, really didn't try and read at all. But he could tell you the name of every single dinosaur. He could tell you whether they were a herbivore or a carnivore. You know, he just absorbed information, but just wasn't um, learning, picking up learning at school. And that's a classic sign, a curious, bright kid that is just not picking things up at school. Yes. Yeah, that's really, it's really interesting, isn't it? That, um, that yeah, the, the, that not being able to get it down on paper, but seeing all that creativity and, and, and that, that brightness within them. But dyslexia is not rare, is it? I mean, when you consider one in five people are dyslexic, why do you think so few kids are diagnosed at school? Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is crazy. It is a, it's it's the biggest learning difficulty by far, or neurodiversity by far. Um, there's lots of research that supports the one in five statistic. Um, our own research and also research out of the US. So you'd think that every single teacher would be trained automatically to know how to spot and support it, but they're not. And that's where the problem comes. You know, if if you have teachers arriving at school without any knowledge of dyslexia. Uh, they're not going to know how to pick it up. And that's why um, research from the British Dyslexia Association has found that 80% of dyslexic children are leaving school unidentified. So it's a big problem. It's one of the biggest reasons for um, children failing to learn to read and write. It's it's a big issue. But it's also, we know that these are super bright, talented kids, so they need to be spotted and supported. And it's very easy to to help kids when you know what to do. So we just need to get that knowledge to every teacher. What can parents do if they're struggling to get their concerns taken seriously? I know people who have been time and again to their teachers and said, you know, I think there's something going on and they're saying, oh, just just give them a bit more time. They'll catch up. Everyone does it at their own pace. Um, And it just goes on and on and on. And they've only got the diagnosis many, many years later. Uh, You're right. It it is. It is a big issue. Um, I think there's two things I would say. And the first one is, you know, your child better than better than anybody. So if you think there is a problem, then you need to just keep asking the question. But the other thing that every parent should do is get informed. And um, our teacher training is video based. Uh, It actually features teachers from the world's leading dyslexia schools uh, who tell you what dyslexia is, know how to spot it, know how to help it. Um, We have um, a whole module on the emotional impact of dyslexia, which is often the first thing that parents see as well. If you've got kids who don't want to go to school or who suddenly start having tummy aches or headaches. So I would say um, you can go onto our YouTube channel and watch all of our training films. Um, they they do feature um, the odd wonderful celebrity, which is quite fun as well, who talk about their school days. Um, but I would go and have a look 
at those. The, the actual training is on the Microsoft Learn platform um, where teachers can go through and get a certificate when they finished it. So by all means, parents do that. But the videos are actually all on our YouTube. So get yourself informed and then go into your school and tell them what you found and learned and suggest that they go and have a look at it and then have another conversation with them. But yeah, you almost have to go... I hate using the word go into battle because school should be a partnership with teachers, but you just need to you need to to really demand or ask very nicely that that they have another look and, and get clued up. Yes. You mentioned celebrities. There's so many hugely successful people who have dyslexia, entrepreneurs, actors. I'm thinking Richard Branson, Tom Cruise, Leonardo da Vinci, Albert Einstein dyslexia I know yourself you describe it as a superpower in what ways do you think that is the case so if you really understand what dyslexia is most people think it's a problem with spelling or learning your times tables or learning to read but what it is all those things but dyslexia is actually a different way of processing information our brains work slightly differently to somebody who isn't dyslexic and whilst it gives us problems with all of those things it also gives us incredible strengths um, and superpowers if we can tap into them. Um, things like being able to see the big picture. Dyslexic people are really good at being able to kind of take a helicopter view of a problem um, or a multi-sensory view of a problem so that they'll they'll really look 360 around something rather than just see something in a linear way, which is the way most people think. That is an incredible skill um, for entrepreneurs. It's a, it's a brilliant skill for all sorts of things, but it's it's one of the things that most dyslexic entrepreneurs will say makes them successful. Um, also creativity, being able to think out of the box. I mean, we do a lot of work with the intelligence agency GCHQ and they actively recruit dyslexic people for the way that they can spot patterns and see things that others can't. Um, in fact, uh, on their um, apprenticeship scheme, there are four times more uh, dyslexics than on any other apprenticeship scheme. So there are all these really... Um, recognisable strengths that dyslexic people have. And it's so important that we look at those as well as balance the support that we need for the things that we're not so good at. And to be honest, technology now is, is a huge enabler for every dyslexic. It isn't so important to learn how to spell well, in all honesty. I know our schools and education government probably think it is, but really we've in the real world, we have spell check, don't we? So it's about having, having the ideas and the creativity that really matters nowadays. So how can we as parents help our child to harness that superpower? The most important thing you can do is encourage children to find their strengths. And it's very easy to see what dyslexic children are good at if you really look. I mean, dyslexic strengths tend to be the things that we do for hours on end and absolutely love doing. So with with my... Um, elder son, he was always very creative. He loved music. He um, loved videos. Um, and, and that was always a strength of him. He actually liked to perform as well. He's, and he's, he's now um, a successful music producer. So he's actually used his passion to become, uh, to turn it into um, a, a career. And my second son was always, I mean, he actually spoke very early, which is sometimes speaking late can be a sign of dyslexia, but Will spoke really early. He's always loved words, um, always loved storytelling, um, and he's now become a copywriter. So I think it's looking at the things that 
children naturally love to do and recognise them as their strengths and also help them to recognise them as their strengths as well. Because as dyslexics, we don't often, well, we often don't realise that the, the things we're good at, we're actually really, really good at. Um, because we're so swamped with feeling failure in school. So it's really important just to have a look at those things as well and encourage them to do lots of it and explore them. So if they're feeling kind of a bit overwhelmed by, as you say, some of the challenges, what can we do to empower our dyslexic children, perhaps nurture their strengths as you were talking about and help them through the challenges that they face? Again, it's all about knowledge. Um, I mean, we have two books. We have a children's book called Extraordinary People, and that highlights the seven different um, strengths archetypes that dyslexic children have. So things like storytellers, entertainers, people, people. Um, and it has examples of how to spot that and also careers that that's particularly useful in. So we, you find a lot of dyslexic people uh, in nursing because we're brilliant people people we have that sort of care and can understand people um, so th- I would say learn about the dyslexic thinking skills um, we also have um, a book for slightly older children sort of teenagers and adults called this is dyslexia and again it goes into what dyslexia is how to spot it and how to really nurture strengths um, and then we also have, um, we've done some reports with the global consultancy EY that looks at dyslexic thinking skills and their vital role in the future of work. So um, it's not a particularly easy read for dyslexic people, but there is a film that we've made about it as well. But have a look at all of those strengths and all of the incredible people that have used their dyslexic thinking to become super successful and just keep focused on those because they're the things that will take you far in life, even though school can be tough. So what should a parent do if their child isn't diagnosed until they're kind of mid to late teens, you know, perhaps just before they're about to do their GCSEs or A-levels? Obviously, you need to have um, that identification in order to get the extra time at school. So really push for that around the exams time because it it is helpful to have the extra time um, and the use of computers as well. Um, But again, I I think it's, it's about having having a sensible focus on what's important. I know exams seem like they're the most important thing in the world, but actually they're not always in life. Um, And I think it's having making sure that your kids have that understanding that they do need to try hard, but actually trying hard is the most important thing. And if they don't get their exams, it isn't the end of the world. Um, and I think also it it is about going back and focusing on the strengths and, and the abilities and the things that they're really good at to, to make sure that they don't feel completely bogged down by exams. Um, and always ask the school to help. It's really important that that your teachers know how you're feeling. So it's really important that you do um, flag that up as well. So what tools can families access to help their dyslexic child? Um, I'm thinking kind of uh, support groups or listening books, overlays, glasses, study guides, tutors. What kind of things would you recommend? Well, there's, there's masses of things. I mean, audio books are brilliant. It's great to be able to listen to books. Um, 
you can access so much information on video now. YouTube is an amazing place to learn about anything. Um, so definitely video is something that we love to, to use. There's, there's ways that you can actually use video to do your schoolwork as well. There's lots of technologies that help. Um, Microsoft have masses and masses of brilliant things that are free. Um, you've, they have Immersive Reader, which can read text to you. Um, they have all sorts of incredible things. So it's worth actually looking at their suite of accessibility tools um, uh, uh, for that. But there's there's a lot, you know, most, most um, technology now has read aloud and all of those things. So I think those technology is a, is a fantastic enabler, but it's about how you learn best um, and, and really understanding how you absorb information and how you relay information best and making sure that you share that with, with your school and your teachers. And do you think it's important not to overwhelm your child with too much support, perhaps? Again, it's all about balance, isn't it? You want to be helpful, but I mean... I think that if if you overstress about it as parents, then what you're what you're sending is a message to your children that there's something wrong with them, and there isn't anything wrong with you if you're dyslexic. You have a brilliant mind; it just doesn't fit into the traditional education system particularly well. So, I think it's really important to remember all of those things. It's it's it is about not overwhelmed. Don't overly worry. Don't overly stress. Just be encouraging and helpful. I love the fact that you've got the phrase dyslexic thinking added as a skill on LinkedIn. What is dyslexic thinking and, and why is it vital in the future? So dyslexic thinking, it's also um, now a, a noun in dictionary.com, which That's is fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, as a charity, our, our whole mission has been to help to redefine dyslexia so people understand it as a strength. Um, and what LinkedIn did is they looked at all the research that we'd done with EY and the global recruitment consultancy Manpower that mapped dyslexic thinking skills across the skills that the World Economic Forum needs. Um, and there is this direct match. So it's, um, it's management skills, it's analytical thinking, it's problem solving, it's innovation, it's creativity. Activity, all of the soft skills um, that we don't measure at school or value at school, to be honest with you, but are super, super important in, in the world of work. And maybe increasingly important as we go forward, do you think? Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the report we did with Manpower um, found that by 2025, 50% of, of jobs will be done by machines and the 50% of human skills that jobs will need are dyslexic thinking skills. So um, it really is a brilliant time to be dyslexic and we're just starting to, to get the world to recognise that. So we just have to get education to catch up and the workplace. There's still more to do in the workplace, but that's definitely, definitely leading on our exams over our exams based education system at the moment. I love your notion of trying to teach everybody to think in the way that dyslexic people do and to instead of trying to single them out and perhaps put them in inclusion suites and separate them from other learners to encourage all learners to work, to learn the way that dyslexics learn. Tell me a bit more about that. Well, if you if you think about the fact that by 2025, we're going to need dyslexic thinkers 
Um, it is about teaching dyslexic people, non-dyslexic people to think like us because otherwise um, the, the linear thinking, all of the things that machines can do, which is really the sort of rote learning and exams-based education system, those, those skills are not going to be required. But being creative and people-people and management skills and team-building skills and all of those things are. So um, I think we've suddenly, dyslexic people have got this massive advantage because the world needs the way we think we just have to get everybody to catch up definitely so um, you've told me a bit about this but is there anything else you'd like to tell me about made by dyslexia and your your mission and goals in the next kind of 10 years yeah so we've always said as a charity our our mission is not to exist because if we can help the world to understand dyslexic thinking properly and if we can make sure that every school and every workplace is able to spot it and support it then we don't need to be here um so that very much is our goal and um our push over the the next three years is going to be to get every single teacher trained and we'll also be providing um, some resources, new resources for the workplace so every workplace can understand dyslexia and dyslexic thinking too. So it is, it's about, we've spent the first five years as a charity proving that dyslexic thinking is really important and really vital. And the next five years are going to be to make sure we empower every workplace and school. So as I say, we don't need to be here. But I think parents, um, parents have a huge role to play in that because we are encouraging parents to take to go into their schools, take the training into their schools and and get teachers to, to be skilled up. Um, so I think we all have a part to play in that. And we have a, a new campaign that we'll be launching in October, um, which should help everybody do that. And I, you touched a little bit about the emotional side of it for perhaps children or young people when they are diagnosed. What would be your advice for parents? Because it can be quite an emotional time when a parent finds out that their child is dyslexic. The most important thing you can do is learn about the dyslexic strengths, learn about dyslexic thinking, um, because when you do, it is a complete eye-opener. And that having that focus, that balance focused, Yes, we struggle at school. Yes, we need extra help. But we also have all these amazing things that we're good at. So I I would suggest to every parent to, you know, look at the free videos we have online. Um, look at all the free resources we have on our website. Get the books because they're really informative. And just get yourself clued up because once you understand it, you won't feel as anxious and negative and you'll feel empowered to actually ask for what your child needs. I just wanted to ask you, as, as as a dyslexic adult, are you aware of your dyslexia every day? Or is it something that, I mean, it's a part of you, isn't it? So how aware of your dyslexia are you on a day-to-day basis? I think I'm, yeah, very aware of my dyslexia. I mean, I, I, I know the things I'm not good at um, and... Uh, they they always trip you up. It's um, my organisation is not great. Um, I can never find anything in my filing system, so that I always get frustrated with myself because I always think 
I must be more organised, but it's just not the way I roll. So it is my life is a bit chaotic when it comes to a lot of things. Um, but having people around you that, that can help you with that. I mean, I, I work with a brilliant team and, and they're really good at, at helping with my organisation. Actually, we're nearly all of us are dyslexic and we have different strengths and different challenges. Um, so, uh, but I'm also very aware of my strengths. I know I'm a brilliant big picture thinker. I'm really good at strategy and communication. So I always, I always try and remind myself, and I think this is really good advice for parents and for any dyslexic, is that if you can, that there's um, some research from Harvard University that, that found for every negative comment, you need five positive comments to counteract it. So I always try and remind myself when I'm feeling something is, you know, I've made a mistake or I'm not good at something. I always try and remind myself of five things I've done that are good to counteract the, the negative. Um, but I think that's good advice for anybody, really. So, yeah, I think that's I really good, and- really good advice. Yes. Yeah, and- I think it's strengths of what life's all about, really. We spend so much time trying to fit into systems rather than actually recognising who we are, what we are and and how we can benefit a system or a workplace or um, a situation. So I think it's really important to do that. Do you think it's important to let people know around you that you are dyslexic? Do you kind of need to make people aware of that as you go through life? Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely essential. Um, I think it's, I mean, don't be embarrassed about your dyslexia. Don't hide the things that you struggle with. Be open about it and say, look, I'm going to need help with this because this is not where I'm, what I'm good at. Um, but actually, here are my strengths. So if you play to my superpower and strengths, then you're going to get a lot more out of me. And there will always be somebody who's very good at the things that you're not good at. And I think most successful businesses who build successful teams are really tapping into people's strengths um, rather than trying to get everybody to be good at everything. So it is, it's, it's a really important piece of advice, I think, for, for individuals, but also for bosses. Yeah, because in some ways it would be a pity not to share that and let them make the most of uh, your dyslexic thinking. Exactly. And I think as dyslexics, we're, we're often embarrassed at the things we're not good at. I mean, I'm not very good at spelling um, and I often make typos. So I have a little line I put at the end of my email, which is expect creative spelling and creative thinking. Because oh, I love that. It's, <laughs> yeah, if, you know, if you tell somebody you're dyslexic then and you make a spelling mistake, they're less likely to pick you up on the spelling mistake or think it's just been made because you've rushed or, you know, just just not thought it through. Um, so I think it's really important that you do that. And, and as I say, just tell people as well what you're really good at and, and where you can add value. I like that idea of being open about it because I think, as you say, any dyslexic people I've come across are very, very bright and very, very good at covering it up. So sometimes the strategies, aren't there, that people use to kind of get around situations so you don't always realise that that person is dyslexic. Yeah, they, I mean, the, the number of people I hear of who spend hours and hours and hours prepping for something because they just don't want to be seen to make a mistake. And it's brilliant that we're all prepared for meetings, but if it becomes overwhelming, um, then that's not good for you either. So it, it's really important to 
to say, look, I'm just, I'm not great at this. Could somebody check my spelling? Or, you know, I'm not great at reading out loud. Or please don't send me lots of emails. Phone me and let's have a conversation or a Teams chat about things rather than long, long um, emails. Um, but there's lots of tips like that in in um, This Is Dyslexia, the adult's book, that lo- lots of things you can do that just help to improve your life, but also those around you too. So we have a series of questions that we ask all of our guests. So I'd like to fire those at you if that's okay. So yeah, sure. The first one is, what would be the two things you would tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? Um, I would tell my 18-year-old self uh, to stop stressing and being anxious about your future because y- you get you get directed into the, the the direction that you're supposed to go. I mean, I started out doing something very different to what I'm doing now. And I I found my life's mission and passion and, and I love going to work every day. So um, I would say, don't worry about things. And and also just just follow your passions. Do, do what you really believe in um, and trust that that will become uh, a source of revenue or a, a, a everything that you need in life. It's so important to spend time doing what you're passionate about. So, so really understand what it is that drives you and, and find a career that will help you to, to be true to that. Yes. What are three things that you love to do every day? What gives you a great routine start and end to the day? So my start to the day is um, a cup of tea in bed and a cuddle with my terrier, which is a great way to start <laughs> the day. Nice. Um, there's nothing better than a than a, a dog cuddle. My husband's got a Labrador, so he he joins, and then it's a, it's a very full. Um, a very full bed and he's crazy, but um, the <laughs> Labrador. Uh, so that, yeah, I think um, that's one of the things that I love to do. Um, ha- getting some fresh air, going out and, and getting some fresh air. So it's all all of the creative thoughts I have, they, they tend to come when I'm out doing things rather than if you sit at your desk trying to concentrate on things. So I always take lots of breaks. Uh, I think end of the day is about having a lovely meal and and chilling out um, and then just relaxing before you you head to bed to renew yourself for the next day, I guess. Yes. What would be the one piece of advice you would give to a child who's just just discovered they are dyslexic and perhaps to their parent as well? Uh, The advice would be you have an absolutely brilliant mind that is made for the workplace of today. And school is going to be a struggle because it doesn't fit into our strengths. It's a lot of it is is about our challenges. But just know that your brain is brilliant and you are brilliant and everything will be fine. You just need to find your strengths and make sure that that's what you tap into um, and do as much as you possibly can. And what about to the parent? Uh, it would be the same, um, but I think one thing that's really important to do with dyslexic children as a parent is not don't worry about measuring them about other people against other children. Don't worry if they're not doing the things that other children can do. Just make sure that you look at their their individual pattern of strengths and challenges and make sure that that's what you support. At the end of the day, exams and measurement and stressing and pushing children is not going to make them happy and successful. It's about making them do what they love and, and supporting that. 
Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and all your ideas and for everything that you do in general with Made by Dyslexia. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to, to join you. Thank you so much. You can find out more about Kate's campaign in her books, Extraordinary People and This is Dyslexia. Watch her training videos on the Made by Dyslexia YouTube channel and get lots of advice on her website, madebydyslexia.org. There are more tips and suggestions on our Birmingham Live website and on the Brummy Mummies Facebook page too. This is a laudable production produced by Matt Millard and new episodes come out every fortnight. You can download or stream the Brummy Mummies podcast on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and tell your friends about it too. Follow Brummy Mummies on social media for lots more ideas and sign up to our free newsletter via the Birmingham Live website. See you next time. <laughs>